Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Family Album podcast, where myself and my sister set each other albums to listen to, and we discuss them because our opinions are apparently gold dust. <laughs> but before we get to the main event, I'll start with something relatively new. Rebecca, did you listen to the new Green Day song? Yes, after too much of a wait for me. I'm surprised at how much it sounds like American Idiot. Yeah, but it also surprised me how much it felt like a step beyond American Idiot musically, rather than 21st Century Breakdown, which sounded like a recreation of American Idiot without any of the important political symbology or religious overtones. The album didn't work really well, if you ask me, but American Idiot did, and this feels like a musical step beyond that. Yeah, I didn't listen to 21st Breakdown, I haven't listened to that album, because I don't know, I'm such a stereotypical white girl when it comes to Green Day. I've listened to American Idiot, and that's about it. You've heard Good Riddance, Time of Your Life. Yeah, I think. Yeah, no, I've, yeah, I've heard that one. It's the one that's played at every single secondary school Leavers Day, when in reality it's a very depressing song. Yeah, it was. About it was leaving actually... somebody. <laughs> yeah, no, we had it played at ours as well. Yeah, but somebody from our year actually sang it and played it on guitar, though. Somebody um... from our year actually sang it and played it on guitar. Oh my god, they repeat Seems the like same a... thing. It's like a staple of our school, almost. <laughs> I, I get the oh, feeling Mr. God. Vernon did that and he knew exactly what he was doing. <laughs> he probably didn't all. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, nice to know they repeat things. Did yeah. You... Right. Really off topic, but did you get a really weird, like, thing from all the teachers along to a song? Or was that just us? Yeah, no, we did, yeah. We got that as well. They danced along to Happy. And oh, just... I can't remember what they did with us. Just made me cringe. Would have been so 2011 much. or 2012. What was a big song? 2011, 2012. Justin Bieber I, came to my head, but it that's... might have been "Call Me Maybe." Oh my God, "Call Me Maybe." That is <laughs> sounds about right for the time. It does. It does. Oh God, teachers at our school have no dignity. Uh, September 2011. It would have been two. Uh, maybe I finished uni in 15, 14. 13, 12, yeah, it would have been 2012, so it could have been Call Me Maybe. It could have been just out of date for it no longer to be relevant, but relevant enough for teachers to do. Yeah, Happy was really relevant at that time, though, I think. No. Yeah, it was. It was it? Go- it was tapering off, finally. Yeah, yeah. Happy. It was good it, the first time you heard it, but then you just kept playing yeah. and playing. It's like, let it yeah. end, let it die. Yeah, it oh. kind of had a very long gap of nobody heard it, and occasionally you'll hear it and you'll think, it's actually quite good. We're mm-hmm. back into the uh, period of reappreciation for Happy. Yeah. But back to the topic at hand. Yes, back to the topic at hand. What did you think of it? It was good. I was kind when I heard Green Day had a new album. I was new song. Sorry, I was kind of worried because when a lot of bands come back from not releasing an album or a single in such a long time, they kind of tend to go towards what the um, public want to hear. And at the moment, that's really poppy, upbeat. And I'm not saying that's not good. The whole point Mm. of pop is it's popular music, but it's not Green Day style, and that's what I was worried about. Yeah. But it's it's completely Green Day in the best way possible, you know? Well, the last album they released was in 2012, and that was the Uno Dos Tre trilogy, which was terrible, by the way. Yeah, I haven't Ugly awful. But... Do yourself a favour and don't. It's not good. <laughs> it's a waste of your time and everybody else's. Yeah, but every band has that type of album. One album where it exists, but it doesn't. There's a thing, like, this wasn't one album. This was three albums. Oh. Uno, Dos, and Trey. It's a trilogy oh, of albums. God, they, that was a trilogy? Yeesh. Yeah, they were all released in the same year, which kind of was... tells you about the quality of it, to be honest. 
yeah, if they're going to release that many things in just one yeah. year, they, they're setting themselves up yeah. for a problem. I'm not going to say also failure, se- yeah. problem. Also set themselves up for oversaturation because nobody wanted to listen to it because they probably heard one and was like, yeah, no, no more, not the yeah. moment. But no, no, it's a good return to form for them, I think. It is a really good return. It's like shockingly mm. good. Considering it's hmm. been such a long time since they released new music, like four years. Four years in the music industry. Can yeah, that's be true. Four years is a long and, yeah. time. Four years in the music industry is a long time. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's nice to hear Green. I feel like the world needs a Green Day. Yeah. And seeing as how My Chemical Romance is not going to step into the uh, fold <laughs> anymore. Are you bitter about that? By any chance? Little bit, yeah. Don't <laughs> release a goddamn teaser. Yeah. On, for the, with that kind of scale and grandiose, when it's a re-release of your album with some unreleased tracks tacked onto the end, like Ooh. no, it's not right. It's not good. It's not okay. Don't do it. <laughs> Nobody should do it. We're a bit it... bitter. Oh, I could still go and see Gerard Way solo live, but still. Yeah, I never really got into My Chemical Romance. Is that bad? Uh, like, the, I... Kind of. I mean, I never really got into them when they were big, big. I got into them because of uh, the album Danger Days, which I really love, actually. A lot of people are a bit iffy about it, but I really like that album. It's yeah. bloody solid from start to finish, I think. No, like, I've heard, like, um, Black Parade, the obvious teenager who yeah, hasn't yeah, heard yeah. that song. It's, it's a really good song, though. Like, Very good song. Good album as well. Make fun of it because it's, you know, it's a song that's overplayed and heard by nearly everyone, but it's like... It's still a freaking good song. I would I oh, still yeah. listen to it. Like I can have that song on repeat and not worry about it. Oh yeah. Yeah. But speaking of which, shall we uh getting to our main event? Do you want to go first with the album I made you listen to or other way around? Uh since you're the host, we might as well do it with your album first. Okay. So I made my sister listen to Robbie Williams' Life Through a Lens, his debut solo album from 1997. And I had a very good reason for making her listen to this. Shall I tell the story behind this album? Go ahead. I don't know the story behind it. I just know I'm five days older than the album. Yeah, that's a very strange thought. <laughs> anyway, basically, what, this was Robbie Williams' debut album, debut solo album, I should say. Yeah. And he basically, during his time at, with Take That, he became known as the guy standing in the back doing nothing. And there are reasons behind this. He did have a serious uh, drug and alcohol problem while he was with Take That. I didn't know that. Yeah, before they performed during the MTV Europe Music Awards, I think it was, one year, he nearly had a drug overdose the evening before they were supposed to perform. Oh, God. Yeah, I believe he went out to perform on it, or the rest of them did. I can't remember the exact details behind it. But yeah, he had a big drug problem. But he also like wanted to bring in like uh, hip hop and R and B elements to take that's repertoire. Yeah. Which, if you've ever listened to a uh, pre breakup take that song, it, no. no, God no. I, the, the song I think of when I um hear of take that is "You Raise Me Up," and that is definitely. Is that take that? I didn't I think, think that was take, take that. I think of uh, "Relight My Fire." I think I know that song. It rings a bell. It rings a very big bell. But again, never a big fan of take that. Boy bands it was Westlife you're thinking of. Oh, God, yeah, no, that is Westlife. <laughs> yes, so, and for the reason boy bands have been hit or miss for you, can't tell the difference between Take That and Westlife. <laughs> Wait, no, yeah, there is a big that, difference. Yeah. One's Irish, one is English. I am sorry. That is a yeah, very big difference. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yes, Relight My Fire was Take That. I was right. Right. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't an original song by them, but it was a cover, but, you know, they did it. That's what I always think of when I think of pre-breakup Take That. 
I can't think but of a song from Take That then, apparently. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> not a good sign. No, but, it's not. Yeah. He wasn't really seen as a musician by people who, even people who liked Take That, he was just seen as a guy standing in the back who opened his mouth when it sound, seemed like sound was needed to be made by him. Which is nothing understandable, else. I guess. Yeah, because he literally sense. did, yeah, he literally did stand in the back. Like, he was not considered a serious musician. And then this album came out. I mean, a lot of serious musical journalists said that it was just pure garbage pop. The whole point of pop is it's popular. Yeah, he brought on a lot of uh, Britpop influences. There's a lot of Oasis in there. He was actually good friends with uh, the Gallaghers. Really? Right, they, yeah, like, one year just before he... Uh, I think it was, like, 96. Because 96 he broke up with Take That. Right. In 97 this album was released. It was, like... 96 or 95, he was spotted uh, at Glastonbury with uh, the with Oasis, just hanging out and chatting. That's cool. Mm. Sadly, Oasis has a lot of stick now. I oh, mean, God, yeah. Well, rightfully so. I only know Wonderwall, I'd... and that was only because it was yeah. played in year nine music. Yeah, right? like, everybody knows Wonderwall. It's not a... It's not exactly a uh, hidden gem of theirs. I make jokes about when I see a bottle of Oasis. I always make a yeah. Wonderwall reference. I don't yeah. know why. I just um, do. Yeah, and like, but like at the time they were big. Like Oasis were the next big thing in music, unless you like Blur, at which point Blur was the next big thing in music. But I digress. There's always a next big thing in music. Yeah. Well. What's the next big thing in music now? Well, I guess in my genre and thing, I guess in a sense there's the only th- the only band i can think of and i know you're gonna cringe and shiver at this but the only band i can think of at the moment that's been th- seen as the next big thing and stuff is five seconds of summer and yeah the candle it- that burns brightest burns quickest <laughs> sure, sure. See, what the hell happened to them they went they went from everywhere to nowhere in a flash of an eye what do you mean that well when was the was last time you saw them doing anything big they were uh, um I, they're doing a massive tour, a real tour. It's because their style of music, they finally kind of changed it to getting closer to the genre of pop punk. They went from full-on pop with their first album, which is good, but it's not as good as their second album. Their second album is completely different. It's so, so much more meaningful. So, stopping the digressions even further, <laughs> what did you think of the album? I'm annoyed I liked it, in a sense. How so? Because it's not what I was expecting. When I think of Robbie Williams, this cheap, tacky pop music for some reason comes into my head, but one of his songs actually made me stop what I was doing to listen to it. And it was like, oh, I like this so much. Which song was that, anyway? It hit my soft spot of music, which is acoustic guitars and a little bit of violins and orchestra-type stuff, which of course is, of course, one of God's better people. I love... Mm having an acoustic guitar on its own with nothing else. I love the sound of that, because for me, and in the music industry, a good song is seen as, can you play it with just an acoustic guitar and your vocals? And to me, it just sounds raw, and it's beautiful, and the lyrics are great. Bearing in mind, he wrote pretty much, or at least co-wrote, all of the songs on the album. Yeah, it's changed my opinion of him vastly, because, again, he's always been seen as a jokey pop star who, he has to be good, because he sells loads of singles. It's just, I never thought he would be in my taste of music. And he is, apparently, and I am both ashamed and proud to say that I've had that on loop to mix in with some of my normal music as well. 
just it's just a really good album surprisingly mm. especially lazy days and south mm. of the border very good but before we started recording you did mention that you were uh, there's mm. one at least one song on there that you didn't like I just don't like Let Me Entertain You. I'm sorry. I just do not like that song. It gets stuck in my head and it's annoying. <laughs> it's one of those songs that gets stuck in your head and just like, get out. I, I, that's not a criteria for it being bad. It, like To you, maybe. But to me, it's just, I don't know. It's just not a song that I like. I, I did try and listen to it. I listened to it twice, for Christ's sake. <laughs> I tried, but I just couldn't. It's just a song that I just don't like. Like, um, let me entertain you and let's get this party started. No matter who sings those songs, I can't listen to it. It's just not a song. They're just. It's just not a song for me, I'm afraid. <laughs> but every other song on the album is great. Even uh, Angels? I did, yeah. Angels. I liked <laughs> Angels. I mean, you had to have heard Angels before the before you listened to the album, though, right? I don't think I have. That's everywhere. That's literally everywhere. But I have everywhere since it came out. All the time. Even then, like, it's been on the radio more times than most other songs. Yeah, but when the radio's on in the car, I always have headphones in because I'm always worried that Justin Bieber's gonna pop on. Even though I must admit, he, he some of his songs are a very big guilty pleasure of mine. I must admit that. What do you think of his new stuff? His new stuff is annoyingly good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do quite like his new stuff, which is not right at all. It's something I, that's something I never thought I'd hear you say. It's far too easy to listen to Sorry. I know. I... Like, it's far too easy just to put your headphones on and go and forget for like... <laughs> Three minutes that this is a Justin Bieber song you're listening to. It's it's a completely different sound. Can, it's yeah, you I can thank uh, yeah you can thank Skrillex for that. He produced it. Skrillex yeah. and Diplo. Like his old stuff has always been a joke. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. But his new stuff. His old stuff is a punchline. Yeah. But it's mm. still. I don't know. It's it's an his old stuff mm. is catchy. I will give him that. It's not. It's kind of good catchy if you, like, just kind of want to indulge in something that's seen as bad. Mm. But his new stuff is something you can just stick on and forget mm. it's Justin Bieber. We've yeah. digressed again. I just, like, I just, like, got curious for a second who was the producer for, the, for uh, Life Through a Lens, and it was uh, Guy Chambers. I'm just looking through the other stuff he's done. He's worked with Rufus Wainwright, Miles Kane, The Wanted, Katie Melua, Kylie. Sorry, the Wanted count. Yeah, I'm just... Breadth. I'm talking about the breadth of people he's worked with. Jewel? He's worked with Jewel? Christ. Yeah. Will Young. Again, the only Diana person... Ross. Tom oh, Jones. Right, I know him. Okay, I know him. You're naming a lot yeah. of people I don't know. At the moment, I have recognised Will Young, The Wanted, and Good Tom God, Jones. God, he worked with uh, James Blunt on his first album. Oh, wow. Okay, I know yeah. who James Blunt is. I'm not that dumb with yeah. music. I do know some he is. stuff. I mean, you can kind of hear it. If you think about it for a second, you can kind of hear where it comes from. Yeah, I guess. Huh. That's interesting. So, yeah. to pigeonhole you, uh, what would you give uh, Life Through a Lens out of 10? A solid 7. That's good. That's a good score. I'd say 7, because it's not something I'd normally listen to. If it was something as weird as it sounds, I think if it was more my style of music, it yeah. would have been a 10. But since it's more to yeah. the poppy side... Well, it is. Yeah. Pop. It's just something mm. I can listen to because it's mm. good music. It's just not something that mm. is 
straight there in mm. my Spotify. It's mixed in with a lot of other songs, sort of. Yeah, thing. Well, apparently that's relatively on par with what everybody else gave it at the time. Uh, All Music gave it a nine out of ten. Q gave it a six. Right. Melody Maker gave it a negative review, but then again, that's Melody Maker. They'll give anything poppy a negative review. You've not heard of Melody Maker, have you? I haven't heard of any of these review sites. That's bad. You've not heard of Q? Q magazine? That's no. A British musical that's... establishment. Q. Again, I don't know it stuff. Launched like that. in eighty six. I, I don't. When it comes to music, I don't listen to an album or anything off of reviews or anything like that. I, I base it on what. I guess what people around me think, but also, I don't know. For me, I stumble Mm. across music. I don't go out looking for it. I'll just click on a video one day that intrigues my interest and either not like it or fall in love. Like, for instance, I've fallen in love with a band at the moment called Paradise Fears because I accidentally clicked on one Mm. of their videos when looking for for a different one. And I've just had their album, both acoustic and studio, both on repeat (laughs) all week along with every now and then re-listening to Robbie Williams. So, for me, reviews have never been a big part of music. It's been just something I find here on the radio when I don't have headphones in, which is rare, or here in a shop or something like that. I think that's true for most people. I don't think most people anymore, at least, put much stock in uh, music reviews and stuff like that, which kind of let music reviews go very critical and deep and in-depth, I think, because if you're not... Because this yeah. is a very common thing with film and other media like video games where the reviews are seen as being a com- consumer advice. Like, reviewing mm. something as a product rather than a piece of artwork. Which... Yeah, that's what I don't yeah. like about reviews. They they turn it into a product, not art. And cre- they do that with art, with, like, art yeah. itself, you know? Because people don't put stock in music reviews as being consumer advice, it lets reviewers go a bit more... Uh, esoteric with their reviews a bit more you know critical critical and critiquing rather than yeah. is this worth your money it is this good which yeah. is good in a way i mean it's kind of like one of the few industries where the idea of reviews as consumer advice isn't really a thing or at least it's not anymore there was a time when uh music magazines were treated as gospel and you had like reviewers that you would follow because you will your opinions aligned with theirs and so you had the uh big rivalry between enemy and melody maker I mean, you've heard of NME, haven't you? Again, no, I don't. I... Look, there's three years difference between us. There should not be this big a generational gap. <laughs> Apparently there is, which is weird. Basically, to sum up the difference between the two publications, Enemy was very public-orientated, pop-focused, whereas Melody Maker was much more, here's this interesting indie band that you've not heard of that do very bizarre, uh... weird stuff. And it paid off for a long time. I mean, one of the best stories about them is that one of their, their uh, editor was ordered to put um, I can't remember the name of the artist Kazjuju on the cover because they were very popular at the time <laughs> yeah nobody has they were they, they were big this was oh, in the so 80s dad's probably heard of them. yeah and like they were big at the time and like their editor was ordered by uh, the executives to put them on the cover instead the, he opted for a uh, review of a very independent band at the time known as the Smiths think I've heard of them. I would the hope so. The name rings a bell. I'd hope I, so. I don't think I've listened to any of it, but the name rings a bell. Yeah, the Smiths were a, were a bit of a very strange oddity in music. I mean, they, I like the Smiths, don't get me wrong, but... <laughs> put it this way, they have one out. Al- one of their most famous albums is called Meet Is Murder. Oh! Yeah. Oh, very... Oh. Yeah, they're one of those kind of bands. But they were big. 
They still are quite big, to be honest. Well, yeah, they're, I, I kind of guess... I relate a band on how big they are as if, if they're in a different genre to me or mm. they're really old, but it's, I still know their yeah. name sort mm. of thing, which sadly can't be said for Oasis because, yeah. you know, they're now sadly a laughing stock of... Well, Oasis British have a lot people. of... Yeah, general Oasis. Oasis became a laughing stock when they stuck when uh, the Gallagher brothers started doing ridiculously stupid things. Oh god, oh, are you seeing? Which surprisingly didn't take that long. All right, so uh, shall you tell the people what album you made me listen to? I made John listen to a album by Set It Off called Duality, which is completely different to what you normally listen to in my head. Uh, kind of. I mean, I'll be honest. I was I was confused as to which was the album title and which was the artist title because Duality <laughs> sounds like a band and Set It Off sounds like an album. Completely the other way around it. Yes, yes, it is. And I would describe my thoughts about it in very because I don't normally do this, but to describe my thoughts about this, I have to do this. I have to separate the thematic from the musical. What do you mean by that? Well, I've got to separate how it sounds from what it's actually about. Oh. Right. right, And it sounds like the best way to describe them would be My Chemical Romance by way of musical theatre. Th- yeah, that I think that's... Because there's a lot of musical theatre elements in it. Yeah, they, and... they do like that. They do like... they. Um, one of the songs, um, Wolf and Cheap's Closing, they yeah. love it because it goes from being borderline Disney to all of a sudden, I want to kill you. And on paper, I should really like that. <laughs> and musically... I really like this album because it does that and the interplay between the two genres works really well. It sounds great. But? But, thematically, I could imagine a 16-year-old kid listening to this while they send death threats and rape rape threats to uh, female video game developers over Twitter. Mm. Because it very much sounds like the ramblings of an abusive boyfriend. Do you want to hear? By any chance, does this come come around from the song "NME"? By any chance? Uh, not really. It's just very general feeling I got from it. Well, that's not. I don't think that's what he was trying to get off. Like because for me, I would. I'm trying to think of what's the haunting comes to mind as well when you. Think yeah, that was kind of like because I was listening to it. I was like, okay, this sounds good, and then the bloke opened his trap and I kind of got disappointed yeah no the haunting I listened to the commentary album that they did about Uh, the whole thing which gives a total different spin on the album I feel like I should have given you that one as well I would argue that if you need an explanation why you've done something what you were trying to do hasn't worked no 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 it's not that it's not like an explanation it's just for me I don't need that because I kind of see straight away where he's coming from with the album where they're all coming from with the album but if you hadn't listened to any of their stuff before, you would think that. Yeah. But well, that's where I've got to come at this across. I've got to, that's where yeah. I've got to come at this from because tra- it's like I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to do a pop punk version of what Taylor Swift does. Mm. But yeah. it sounds like the ramblings of abusive ex because they don't go into specifics. There are yeah. no detailed, for want of a better term, plot points. Well, there is no. You walked out on me when X happened. There was, you broke my heart. It's yeah, like, when you say yeah. things like that, when you do <laughs> things like that, message. it comes across as you being incredibly abusive. These are very, very common things that abusive partners do and say. Yeah, well, I can give you a backstory on Enemy really well because he goes mm. into depth on the whole idea of the story. I presume, it doesn't, I presume it doesn't stand for New Musical Express. No, it stands for No More Excuses. Right. Right. Because he had this mate, these two mates, a guy and a girl, 
obviously. Mm-hmm. And the dude had just broken up with someone, and he was really down about it. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, he started to talk and flirt and all that mm-hmm. with the female who is no longer their friends. And Please so don't use to... the word female. You sound like a Ferengi. Ferengi. <laughs> I hate that word with a passion. Sorry, all right. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Right. Don't use the word. Sorry. Women. The word is women. Right. Start talking to the woman and they start dating and all that. And then all of a sudden, his mate completely changed. Right. And the, f- the woman was almost like a succubus sort of thing. He was, she was draining the life out of him completely. Like, but she, look, she was always like to the singer and the lead singer, I should say. Of the band, he was. She was always like, "Look what he bought me! He's so amazing!" And like posting a million statuses on Facebook <laughs> about how great their relationship was. But the thing that stuck out to the lead singer the most about how toxic the relationship the dude was in was he was at a party mm-hmm. at his mate's house. The dude, yeah, right, and he wasn't there because of her. Right. It was his own house. Like he should have been there, but he wasn't, and. He was trapped, in a sense. The way that comes around, when he, the way he worded it in the thing, was that she wouldn't let him go, but at the same time, it's like, it could have just been he didn't want to be near her. Yeah. So you can kind of take what you will, but... Yeah, but I would argue that, and I'm going to use my words very carefully, because you like this album. I do, it's one of my yeah. favourite albums. <laughs> I would argue that a good musician could tell that story by telling the story and not couching it in innuendos and metaphors. Yeah, but I think, in a sense, he does tell the story by saying that... Because he does mention the Facebook things. Because I guess, in a sense, it's an album where you do have to really listen to the lyrics. But it's also a cool yeah. way you, you can interpret it how you will in, as well. Like, um, my brain has gone numb. I even have little pages <laughs> of notes but I haven't done a note for every song, which I really should have with the way you're picking at this album. Yeah. Like, I don't know how else I, I'm trying to defend one of my favourite albums at the moment. It's hard. What did you think of Tomorrow? Like, that as a song on its own? Uh, I, that's the thing, like when it got to halfway through the album, it suddenly shifted into a better album. That was my that was my thought. It just kind of shifted into a... They're leaning on the stylistic stuff a bit more, rather than the thematic. Yeah. And I preferred that, because it's a bit better. Mm. And it worked a bit better. So, yeah, that was I thought that was an alright song. But you start with that, and it just felt... Well, that's another problem. It felt really uneven. Yeah. But Tomorrow is a sequel song as well. In a sense, you wouldn't really know it was a sequel song unless mm. you knew the lyrics of both albums cinematics which was i think the album before this one and this and that song itself it was from the song the, se- the sequel to dreamcatcher now there's a big way you can see it because of the lyrics hmm. in tomorrow you've got the lyrics um eyes open wide daydream at night right like, i think that's in the bridge very rough thing for saying that's in the bridge i think hmm. And then in cinematics, um, anyone can dream through the night, only some can dream with eyes wide. Yeah. And so that's one of the main links. But the way that they say that they're a sequel song is Dreamcatcher was all about today living in the moment and how the past doesn't matter sort of thing. Yeah. Well, no, the bringing in the past and saying how that's just going to shape you today. And then you've got this, uh, this song, which is like tomorrow. It's all about... Yes, what you do today affects tomorrow in a big way, but it's also a new day and anything can happen as well. Yeah. 
So I really do no, like that. That's fair. That's a good throwback for uh, long for fans who have been in them for a, into them for a while. And like I like yeah. I like when artists do things like that. But at the same time, unless you're big fans, you might not pick up on that. And it's one of those things where sometimes musicians need to be told no. Yeah. Artists in general, I think, occasionally need to be told no. You can't do this. That's don't do this. That's fucking dumb. And yeah. the example I always go back to with this. And I think you know what I'm going to say. Well, I have a completely different idea in my head of an art- artist that should have been said no, but that's recently. So what's the artist you yeah. think of? Uh, I use artists in the terms of art as in all media. Right. And having said that, the name must have popped into your head of George Lucas. Ooh. ooh yeah. A man ooh. who should have been told no a lot and was not. One, two, and three Star Wars did not exist. Yeah. Wait, no. I got that the right way. Yes, yes, you're right. In terms of the numbering of them, yeah. Yeah. And the first, the first three that were released, even though they're not to my tastes, I know they're good films. Yeah. Second, the second set of three that he released, yeah, should never have existed and been made. Yeah. Like, oh. No, because and this yeah. is the thing that like, the reason the original Star Wars films were good. We're going on a big tangent here, but let's ride with it yeah. anyway. The <laughs> reason the original three Star Wars films were good was because he was told no a lot. He had other people yeah. helping him. He had editors. His wife helped edit the first Star Wars film. It's the reason the editing on that is so fucking spectacular. Like it's always the wife. Yeah, like seriously, like she basically helped him edit it because she was an editor, and well, she edited it basically at one point, and he had to bring her on because he was running out of staff, and he, she did a blazingly good job with that. That went yeah. Australian there for a second. I don't know why. I can't <laughs> do an Australian accent normally. But she well, did a least, blisteringly yeah. good job on the editing. That it's beautiful. The reason the whole scene with the two suns setting on Tatooine, with Luke looking over and the music swelling, partly because of the music, but also because of the beautiful, wonderful editing on that. Yeah, it's a superb job. And he did. He was told no by lots of people. The 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 um, I believe it was the producer Gary. Kurtz, he told him no a lot and it's the reason the films are good, because he was told no. Yeah. With the prequels, he was not told no. So he basically uh, got free reign and we all know how that ended. Yeah. Fun fact, with uh, Force Awakens, he he, uh, was brought on as a creative consultant, basically. Oh god, no. Yeah, and he was basically um, swiftly, roundly kicked out of the room. Thank god. Yeah, that's the reason that film's good. Yeah, I actually do like that film. That kind of got me interested in Star Wars Mm -hmm. again. Because I used to be really into it, but then I kind of tapered out. But mm-hmm. the new one is good. Anyway, mm. we've really got on a tangent. Yeah, big tangent. Anyway. You see, I love how you think of a film when it comes yeah. to people. I actually think of an art, like a singer. Who are you going to say? You won't know her. And mm-hmm. I guess people kind of maybe in my genre, probably not my genre, but who like Five Seconds of Summer will know this person. 90% of the people I say will know this person. Right. Her name is, oh God, Abigail Breslin. She's an actor and she released a song. That rings a I, bell. The yeah, name rings a bell. She, what was she in? Oh God, I I'll don't I'll look know. it up. You keep talking. Right. She released this song, which was, I, I see where she was, she was trying to do a Taylor Swift, basically, with a diss song towards, um, I don't want to say boyfriend, because he says they met like once or twice, but apparently they were dating in her mind. And she made this really bad diss track. It was really bad. It was so obvious who it was about. Yeah. And it was 
it wasn't a Taylor Swift because Taylor Swift does it in a way where the person doesn't re- isn't really made fun of in a sense. It's, yeah. You can, this was completely just making fun of the guy. Yeah. It felt really, it felt really bad, and it was so bad. It also sounded like one of their songs as well with the acoustic guitar. I think yeah. it's long like their song "Long Way Home." The acoustic mm. guitar sounds like that, and it's just she makes fun of him, his band, and it's just ah. Oh. She should have been told, no, this is not a good idea. You will not get any good reviews from this song because he was big at that point. The band was big. And a complete hate track on a guy who is big and loved by a lot of people, which has no evidence behind it being true and what he, what she says he did and them even being together for more than a few hours, is just not a good idea and the fact that her management and her creative team agreed that yeah this should be a single was just just oh yeah not a good idea for the audience listening at home uh, abigail breslin played olive hoover in little miss sunshine and little rock in zombieland no yeah she played the girl in zombieland oh she played th- oh, i liked little rock mm. oh yeah I do love Zombieland as well. Very good film. My... Yeah, it is. It's up there with Shaun of the Dead in zombie films because my fa- two favourite films are Shaun of the Dead and The Lion King. Mm-hmm. Quite both different. Very, both very good films. Both completely different, mm-hmm. but no. So she's a good actress. She just should have mm. someone telling her no with yeah. songs because she is a good singer as well, or at least. Mm. The other song that I listened to her from her was good. He just didn't get I, Yeah, like, I feel like if you're going to do something like what Set It Off did when you call back to an earlier song, it has to be a one that's well known. But you've got to remember, they do only have, I guess, in a sense, a small fan base. Yeah. It's, it's still big, but it's small compared to people like, compared to artists that you could name a song from if you heard the name like if i if i said busted you could come up with one song straight away you should year 3000 good good i sadly still remember all those lyrics i do want us to uh cover their first album at one point because i have a lot of thoughts on that after after having listened to it recently yeah yeah i listened to it when i was five yeah so a child's mind listened to it and then an adult mind listening to it oh yeah oh god that's what i go to school for indeed oh god that song no (laughs) it was played on kids tv yeah (laughs) no 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 that's a very not a good song it's not even that it's not a good song no it's it's a good song it's just oh god horrifically about yeah no yeah but if you're gonna do that it has if you i feel like if you're going to do something like that you have to do about a song that people will recognize instantly that what it's from yeah i guess it's sort of a standalone sequel the way he described it is you wouldn't know it was a sequel song unless Mm. someone told you and that Mm. or if you really knew the band and the music Mm. and that's what he liked about it it was sort of an inside thing yeah but there's this there's this thing with um artists and every and people in media in general who have small followings and do things like that have little in jokes it makes it so difficult for new people to get into it yeah it makes it so hard for new and new people who want who actually want to get into it and be a part of it (laughs) to actually get into it yeah i think that's why he released the commentary album Mm. as well so he could say that so anyone who listened to the album and looked 
deeper into them could yeah. easily now then again, join that. The only people who would probably thing. want to listen, who want to go deeper into it, are probably hardcore fans anyway. True. Yeah, I guess. But still, I think, yeah. especially I guess in with my generation, or at least my age range of our generation, I should say. Yeah. Is we're a lot more vocal about things and the thing that i hate seeing online is you're such a fake fan you only started listening to their music so and so it's like okay um how are they meant to get any bigger if that's not a new thing like i remember i'm into video games like yeah it's not a new thing but no it's it's I guess in a sense it's more vocal online than it used to be in a sense or at least it is to me now because I had never heard of the term fake fan used in that sense before and then all of a sudden I hear it and it's like but if they don't listen to the music if they don't start listening to the music they can never be a fan. There's also the bigger question of why would somebody pretend to be a fan of something like what's the purpose what's the end goal then? Yeah I guess you could say oh you're just trying to fit in like with a small no offense to the group again it's one of my favorite albums i want to say this year even though it came out in 2014 Mm -hmm. it's one of my favorite albums this year because i just got into the band late last year and fully like in january this year fully fell in love with the group so i guess in a sense i could be seen as a fake fan even though i know stuff like i can not a lot keep saying the main singer because my brain is going it's cody carson but at the same time my brain's going, no, it's not. You're bad with names. It's probably something else. Sort yeah. Of thing. So it's like, I can't remember where I was going with yes. this point. <laughs> something about fake fans. Yeah. Something about that. It's a, you, should, you should try telling people you're a fan of something in science fiction. Because they will immediately ask you with, oh, really? Well, who's this? Who's that? Yeah. And like, unless you've got a quick fire response for each of those questions, mm-hmm. you're not a real fan. People wouldn't believe I like Star Trek. Yeah. Because yeah, exactly. I'm a chick. How yeah. can I like Star Trek yeah. and sci-fi? I'm a girl. Mm. Like, I grew up with a family of two guys. And I don't even. Th- yeah, I don't even think that's no, the I thing. With, like, you grew no, up with our mother, which is the no, correct, I, correct response to that. I grew up with. Yeah, I grew up with our parents. So yeah. Red Dwarf was all of a sudden a thing in my life mm. as soon as they deemed me old enough to be able to watch it, sort of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. And so that's from 1988. Yeah. That TV show. But I love the first series, the first episode I love. Mm. And as the show got older, I guess as the new series come came out, it kind of tapered off. It it I don't know, it's still a good show. I'm still really excited for the new season coming up. But again, mm. the graphics are great, but that was the best. That was the great thing. Yeah, about it was Dwarf. held it's, together by duct tape and super glue. It was a British show. It was, yeah. you know, and it was great. And it they didn't have to have massive, expensive budgets and gadgets yeah. and gadgets and graphics to make such a really good, funny comedy show. Never watch the American remake. Is oh, all I'm God. saying. Yeah, no, I, I I've watched. I watched the pilot for that. I did. I no. Harry Gilpin's kept... in it. I watched five minutes of it, but it was just an exact copy, and yeah. I hate that. Yeah, it's um. I swear, Perry Gilpin's in it. She plays a uh, Roz in Frasier. Yeah, she's in it. Again, I don't think a lot of people would believe I watched Frasier. No, that's more Again. that's more believable. Yeah, probably, yeah. No. I, and since I did psychology, I laugh a lot more at Freudian jokes. Yeah. I love it. I, can, I understand it more now. Mm. But anyway, but we've really gone on a massive tangent. Yeah. We went from music to but, Star Trek and Red Dwarf. Yeah. But... I can't... 
yeah, back to the back to the yeah. uh, topic at hand. Yeah, that would be like, a good idea. Uh, if the whole album was like the second half of the album, I'd have really liked it. But it felt so disjointed. Yeah, it felt I like if this was a vinyl record, I would have thought that another album had been pressed on the other side. Yeah, I guess. One song I can kind of understand that with, in a sense, is Bleak December. But that was on the first half, wasn't it? Or second? Uh, sec- te- technically, technically the second. It's track six. And right. there's 11 tracks. So technically the second, but... What did you think of Bleak December? I quite liked it. It felt a bit more... It, like I said, it was more, a bit more descriptive. How would you feel if I said that the first take they ever took of that was just a cappella? I could probably I could probably believe that. Yeah. They've gone in work with I, they never mentioned the dude's second name in the commentary. Yeah. Or at least not on that album. So I know his dude the dude's name is Brandon. Yeah. That's all I know. Basically he just moved house, he was building a separate studio in the basement, but at the time when they were recording that song or working on it, they had no instruments and no nothing. Yeah. He the I'm gonna call him Cody. I might get bludgeoned for calling him that because it's his wrong name, but I'm going with it. He had worked up a guitar riff and recorded it on his phone because that's how they mm-hmm. write. They use iPhone memos. Do you? Yeah, I know. I've listened to Taylor Swift's uh, deluxe version. <laughs> Three voice memos on the bottom of that. Very informative. Again, the commentary has a lot of voice memos mm-hmm. in it as well. It's really interesting to see how the songs develop. It's quite cool. Mm-hmm. Anyways, and so they had that. And so they, so he played them that show. I think my brain's gone numb with whether they, he actually played it to them or not. Mm. But he at least had that tune riff in his head, and they were really inspired by "Beat It" by Michael Jackson, which yeah. the demo for that was also completely a cappella. Yeah. And so they did it. Which is kind of was the demo for "Beat It" a cappella? Yeah. That's first, very strange because uh, Eddie Van Halen does the guitar on that, and that makes that song, if you ask me. Yeah, but no, Beat It a cappella is well. He, I've never heard of it. I've never heard it. Yeah. Say, but he really enjoys it, and he took a lot of inspiration <sighs> from it because it was a good song, even without the guitar and mm. everything. And so they did that, and they when he shows you the voice memo, he kind of progresses it. So he plays a little bit of the voice memo and then melds it into the studio yeah. version and melds it in and out and. Seeing how it's gone from being that with just their voices to this full-on thing mm. with bass, drums, and guitars, really, I don't want to say awesome and cool because I think I've said that so many times, mm. but it's eye-opening mm. in a sense to show that it went from something so laid back and stripped. You could hear the enjoyment when they got into the chorus, by the way. Yeah. You could hear the laugh. You could hear them trying mm. not to laugh when they did the high mm. notes and stuff, which is just. I love that because you can tell they're enjoying it then. You can tell that they l- enjoy what they're singing and mm. stuff. And so it's really cool. Oh, God, it's like cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love stuff like that as well. I mean, one of my favourite things I have in my uh, iTunes library is uh, John Lennon's anthology. It's basically, I mean, the man's questionable at best in terms of being a human being. But basically, it's just like outtakes and recordings from the studio. And it's mm. great. You can hear the development of it as it goes. And it works really well. Yeah, it does. Oh, I've never heard of it, but I can yeah. see how it would work. It's, really. very, it's basically the same, except for all of his stuff rather than a single. It reminded me of like when they went from acoustic to all of a sudden full on studio. It reminded me of a song, and I can't think of the name of it. And it's really annoying me, because 
thing because there's I think it's it's either all time low we are the in crowd or for some reason tonight live is coming in my head mm. I'm guessing three bands you may have heard of or probably no. not no didn't think you would have but there's in one of I think all three of them may have done something and that's why it's something like that and it's just great all of a sudden it's just acoustic and then all of a sudden yeah no it's we are the in crowd they do it a lot with a lot mm. of their songs they start off with an acoustic guitar and then it builds and mm. i love that because it shows because in a sense with how i think of it because it will show that they started off with the guitar mm. and then all of this other stuff came and then this song was created yeah. and i love that See, you having said that, I've just decided what the next song's, what the next album's going to be for you to listen to. I've already got what album I want you to listen to as well. Oh, right. Well, I think we've reached a natural end point. I think we have. Yeah, it's kind of petered out quite naturally and quite nicely, to be honest. I was actually surprised. Yeah. I was thinking we were going to get stuck at one point mm-hmm. and not know what to say, but that hasn't happened. No, it hasn't. I right. blame that on the tangents with TV yes, shows. Probably. <laughs> but it's all, it's all media, it's all... Art. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's all entertainment. Yeah, it's all it's it's all seen as an escape for people. Yeah, so we can yeah so. we can yeah. All right, I think that's it from us. Thank you all for listening so much, all three of you. Uh, <laughs> okay, Rebecca, are you ready for your assignment for next week? Lay it on me. Okay, uh, after you said something about having a song build up from nothing. I've decided that the album you're going to be listening to, and bearing in mind this is actually one of my personal favourite albums of all time. Okay. The album I'm going to get you to listen to is Different Class by Pulp. Yeah, I am slowly writing that down on my on a piece of paper resting on my knee. Would you like to hear your one? Okay. What is it? This is based on the reaction that you gave. Yeah, near the start of talking about music, or the start of talking of... I don't know. It's mentioned at some point, and that is Five Seconds of Summer's new album. Right. I figured it would be something like that. Because your reaction when I said their music style had changed and became more meaningful, you sounded a little interested, and that's what I'm taking. I'm okay. taking this opportunity. What's the album name? Do you remember, or...? I d- I, of course I remember. It's my one... It's I've got it on CD for crying out loud. And it sounds good, feels good, which is is literally what one of them said when they had recorded one song and they just went, right. yeah, that's the album name. Right. Which I kind of like, because it shows it's natural and mm. not, you know. It's also not a um, self-titled album like that last one, which I don't know how I feel about it just being self-titled. Epinominous al- first albums are fine. Yeah, I guess. It's better, but, it, but when you think of it with self-titled, you think that's the epitome of what they are when it's not, seriously. Well, no, because like, lots of great EPs artists have... and songs on the yeah. EPs that they released for their singles... Well, yeah, but there's a difference between an EP and an album. Yeah, I guess. But the songs that they added on the EP that weren't on the album, that went with the singles that were, were so much better than some of the songs on the album hmm. itself. Like, for instance, this is the first album, so you don't really have to worry about this. <laughs> Amnesia was one of the singles, mm-hmm. which is a good song if you don't listen to it too much or if you don't <laughs> hear it played constantly, I guess. Mm. had a song called Daylight and they did a cover, you might cringe at the sound of this, of American Idiot. That sounds odd. I also kind of want to give you the challenge of listening to that cover because in my mind, musically, like the instruments, Mm. they ain't too bad. Right. I'm not going to say anything about lyrics or the vocals because you will 
you will be able to pick it apart piece by piece with that. But I don't mind the vocals because I like the band. But musically, it's quite good. I'm not going to say it's great because it's definitely not a Green Day. Yeah. But it's still quite cool. Okay. I mean, it's fun to listen to. And I just, I can see you listening to this album and just cringing a little. Yeah. I kind of hope you don't. kind of hope you enjoy it. Because mm. it is. No, no, I, I, I hope I enjoy it as well. I, yeah. I never go into something wanting it to be bad. I, I, I despise people who do that. It's, it just yeah, seems... I don't see the point. There's no point. Like, why would you go into something wanting to be bad? Because then it'll just make it bad. Yeah. If you try hard enough, you can make anything I mean, you bad. can go into something expecting it to be bad. Yeah. But like, don't go into something wanting it to be bad. Because, like, if, if I tried hard enough, I could probably find a fault with Five Colours in Her Hair, which is my favourite, all-time yeah. favourite McFly album. Right. Because they've got a song called Broccoli. Yeah. Interesting fact about that song, they stopped at naming songs after vegetables because they got thrown broccoli on stage. People hit them with broccoli, basically, which I just love the idea of. Right. <laughs> it's bad to laugh, it's bad to laugh, but it's okay. kind of funny. And on that note, we'll say goodbye, say goodbye, Rebecca. The Temptations say goodbye, Rebecca, but it's not strong enough, sadly, but yeah. goodbye. I was going to say, and that's goodbye from me, but I am not ripping off the two Ronnies. I've got too much dignity for that. Goodbye, and we'll hopefully catch you next week. All three of you. Yeah, all three of you. Bye. <laughs>